the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. We were never fans of stock car races. Though mesmerized by the roaring of those cars. Welcome to the Marinade with Jason Earl, episode 21. A highly anticipated episode it is with the great Austin Lucas who has made one of our favorite records of the year, quite possibly our favorite record of 2018. I'm so grateful for Austin's time. We only had about 20 minutes to talk, and so we fitted in as tightly as possible. We we caught up at the Sing Out Loud Festival in St. Augustine. If you haven't already, after you finish this, go back and listen to our episode with Sadler Vaden. And then we also have one with Chuck Reagan coming up that was recorded at the same time in an epic festival, a beautiful experience. And, you know, sometimes musicians are in and out. They're busy. I mean, Austin had a sound check to do, and Tim Barry was playing at the time, and then he and Chuck were going to get up together. So he only had, like I said, about 20 minutes to talk, and we had no time to mess around. We got right down to business. No pleasantries, no bullshit, just deep, heavy conversation about process and everything that goes along with it. I'm so thankful for this opportunity. A couple of songs that are playing, uh, one playing now and one that's going to be playing at the end that I want to make you aware of. That's Immortal Americans off of Austin's excellent record by the same name. And then My Mother and the Devil, which is another incredible tune. And we talk about that record, Immortal Americans, throughout this conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm so thankful for this opportunity. Please enjoy Austin Lucas. But they sang the songs of their fathers. appreciate this i'm gonna start since uh we have a limited time we have this wonderful little community 
with my podcast. And I'm really fortunate. And we have some amazing Patreon patrons. Cool. And our Patreon patron, Zach, had a question. Okay, cool. So, um, the, first of all, Immortal Americans is, if, if not my favorite, it's my one of my two or three favorite records of the year. Wow, and awesome. It, it may be my favorite record of the year. And I just, it's like every time I, you know, go to listen to something, it's like I just gravitate back to it and gravitate back to it and gravitate back to it. Wow, that's great. That's awesome. <laughs> it's just, it's so wonderful. And so I've mentioned it on the show, and then fans of the show started to listen to it, and now everybody's singing your praises in oh, our that's cool. Community. That's really, really cool. Awesome. And it's been fun. Yeah. So he was asking about the song Happy, and he loves the line, you were born a little sparrow with an arrow, uh, with an arrow in your throat. Mm-hmm. And he was asking where that line came from. Um... I mean, I wrote that. That's autobiographical, mm. you know. Uh, you know, it's it's a sort of uh, I've, my entire life. I've been um, I've had suffered from um, virtually crippling social anxiety, mm. um, and you know, anxiety generalized anxiety, and you know, as you know, overall. But but uh my the largest portion of my anxiety disorder ha- stems from social interactions and mm. um i'm in the wrong line of work <laughs> for yeah, it. right um but it's always been like this for my entire life and since mm. i was little um i've always suffered from a complex of feeling like i was misunderstood uh. um and feeling like uh people didn't uh get me didn't get my sense of humor didn't get you know, like my viewpoints or whatever. And at one point I got really loud, you know, like it kind of made me angry and maybe just like kind of bang my own drum about like what I believed in, you know, really loudly. Yeah. And, uh, at one point I realized that I was pushing people away even further, which wasn't the thing that I really wanted to do, you know, like, um, so, um, when I, say that line you know like you know the lead up you know like you want to get high because living low is all you've known and you were born a little sparrow with an arrow in your throat you know like it's like the only way that I could ever really cope with like my anxiety was by getting drunk and getting high and you know like and then um you know once that was taken away from me you know like then I was sort of really naked you know, like, and then I was left with just that feeling of not being good enough and not being, like, you know, intelligent enough and not being uh, attractive enough and not being any, all of these things that, you know, this is the same kind of stuff that almost everybody feels, I think, sure. you know, and, and to different varying degrees. But, like, you know, I'm uh, an unfortunate soul in that, like, I let it sort of cripple me. Uh, a lot so you know um that's what that's about wow yeah how what do you what do you do for your anxiety then uh well a lot of things i mean i uh you know i i do martial arts i'm a kickboxer i do muay thai i've traveled to thailand to study um i haven't had any fights in a ring yet but i'm sort of a fighter Uh, i was i had a fight scheduled actually this last march but i had to cancel it uh, for various reasons yeah um and uh, I hope to eventually get in the ring with somebody someday. Wow. Um, just because I want to prove to myself I can do it. Like, I'm 40 almost. Like, I'll be 40 yeah. this coming March. And mm-hmm. so I'm not planning on having any kind of a career as a, a boxer. Yeah. You know, like, but 
I would like to take an amateur fight for fun. And one of the re- main reasons I want to do it is because, you know, like at my gym, um, you know, I've sort of made a habit of like taking kind of the younger people that come in there under my wing and like working with them. And as time has gone on, I've realized that I really like teaching. Mm. And I know that if I want to teach other people how to box, it's possible that one day I might have to corner somebody. And I know that the only way I'll really be able to ever do that is to get experience myself doing Mm. it. And one of the reasons why I want to do it is because one of the largest changes that I made in my life um, and in battling my anxiety was boxing because, you know, my whole life I've mostly had like more women friends than men friends. Mm -hmm. Not that doesn't mean that I don't have guy friends or whatever, but I've always been closer with women. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe because my, my mom raised me predominantly. She was a single mother. My, my parents split up and my dad was in my life, but you know, my mom was my primary, you know, uh, parent, parent, parental figure. Sure. Um, so, um, I've always just felt closer to women than I have to men. And a lot of the time I've always sort of kind of felt intimidated by other men, um, and like afraid of them. And I've always sort of like puffed out my chest because I wanted to like kind of hold, like have a tough exterior and I've acted aloof around other men because they frightened me, Yeah. you know? Um, and so, uh, part of my, like healing process and becoming, you know, uh, dealing with my anxiety has, it's been really helpful to do this because I'm forced to like interact with other men at my gym and like men that I would never have anything in common with. Like it used to be okay. Mostly if like we had punk in common or we had metal in common or, you know what I mean? Like something like that. We had like some sort of musical bonding thing because that was the only thing I ever had was music my whole life. Right. You know, like that was interested other than like star Wars. Yeah, you know, yeah. like or whatever, yeah, like uh-huh. and Star Trek. I mean, you know, just movies. I should say, sure. really, but science fiction and and fantasy. Yeah. Um. You know, like so. This is like the first thing I've ever had where I could like bond with other people. You know what I mean? Like about something other than these like kind of very specific nerd things. Yeah. And of course, this is a specific nerd thing too, sure. in its own way, because it's like a martial art or whatever. But it's like really helped me become more gregarious and like able to just like interact with whoever. You know, like, because now I'm, like, the first person in the gym when people, someone new comes in, I'm like, hey, how's it going? I'm Austin. It's really nice to meet you, you know, like, and I never used to be able to be like that. I mean, you know, I just couldn't, you know, Um, and, you know, uh, I still have a lot of social anxiety and I have a lot of anxiety about my career, Mm. you know, like that specifically that's really difficult to deal with. And, you know, and depression, you know, as a result of anxiety and vice versa yeah um but you know and i also i you know i take lexapro okay you know yeah uh and uh you know it's uh i just started it like a few weeks ago Uh. so i'm just starting to really see the you know the positive effects from it good yeah um but it took me a long time to even like admit that i could do that without like feeling like it was some sort of failure, like I couldn't do it myself. I mean, I'm on this like long mental health journey of like five years where I like lost, started losing weight and then I quit smoking and I quit drinking and I quit doing drugs and I quit, you know, like, you know, I started eating healthy and then I started really exercising and then I started really exercising (laughs) and like, Uh you know, I was just doing all this stuff to feel better about myself and, you know, it just, uh, it's never, it's not enough. Uh, and at some point, like, you know, a couple months ago, I was just like, I have to do something. I have to, you know, take something. Yeah. Like, I need to follow this 
path because like I'm not I'm not a hundred percent. Yeah. And who's 100%? No. Nobody. Uh, but I know that my depression and anxiety is enough that it's, it's like making my quality of life lower. Right. And, and that's know. it. Like when it gets in the way. So I too suffer from generalized anxiety. Yeah. And I'm in therapy and it's been so good for me. Uh-huh. It is working. It's, but it's interesting how I, how I shifted the standard because mm-hmm. before I was just living with it and I was like, it just is what it is. Yeah. And I have my panic attack and uh-huh. I, you know, I'd feel flu like symptoms is how it would manifest for me sometimes uh-huh. and all wow. that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. It gets really intense. And I just was like, this is how it is. And then I started going to therapy and it started getting better. Mm-hmm. But now my, it's like, I've moved the bar. Now I'm like expecting more, mm-hmm. you know, to get better and better. And so like, I may not have a panic attack for, six months you know and mm-hmm. now but still i'm terrified of death you know like <laughs> yeah. so like i'm just wor- you never get to that 100 percent. yeah you know yeah you don't but you know I, i'm just choosing to utilize one more tool right you know like yeah. and so That's you know great I, for you man yeah and i'm also you know i'm i'm intermittently in therapy yeah yeah like right now i'm in between therapists okay yeah i need to get another one um uh but that's a whole complicated insurance issue that I don't want to, you know, like what, who's yeah. in my, who's in my network sure, and who's worth a fuck. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's a, yeah, I got lucky, yeah. man. I got somebody in network that's amazing. Good for you. Yeah. Good I'm really you. fortunate. Um, you, you mentioned anxiety about your career, but you've just put out a masterpiece. <laughs> so <laughs> can you speak to that? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I, yeah. I, I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm sorry that I'm speaking in hyperbole about it and I hope it doesn't make you uncomfortable. It's just that I fucking love that record. I'm glad that you love it. Uh, and please keep telling people about it. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm not gonna, uh, go into it, but, okay. um, you know, the truth is that, um, a lot of balls have been dropped mm. in the rollout and the various aspects of this, album oh that sucks and uh you know it's sold out right now which is great yeah um but it shouldn't be sold out right um it should they should have printed more yeah there's a lot of there's all these you know things and and you know they're uh it's not just the record label it's all sorts of other things and you know like and they're, you know, I'm not complaining about my record label. I'm not complaining about anybody else, you know, like, but it's been a very, uh, big uphill slog, Okay. you know, like, and yeah. it's not as if like, you know, it's, yeah, you know, well, all right. So let's focus on the happier stuff then. And that it seems to be a record about place quite a bit. It seems mm-hmm. to, to be, uh, about the Midwest specifically, mm-hmm. um, and I just was thinking, wondering about your headspace as those songs were coming together. Did you have an idea of exactly what you wanted from the record? Are they pieces of a record that came together? Like, what was that whole process like? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, they definitely, it, it, it fit together exactly, you know, how I, I wanted it to. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, nothing's ever perfect, right? Sure. You know, like, at least in the eye of the creator, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I moved back to Bloomington and the songs just sort of came. Mm. I mean, I wrote uh, maybe one or two before I moved back to Bloomington, but I was really already in the transition, you know, like to moving back there. Yeah. So in a way, those are kind of, you know what I mean? Like uh, these like, you know, 
moving pieces, uh-huh. you know, because how do you get someplace? You know, you need a road. Right. You know right. what I mean? Like, and in yeah. a lot of ways, those songs are the asphalt that paved that road to me getting back to where I needed to be oh, great. in my life and in, you know, the world. It's its own form of therapy, really. I mean, of course, yeah. 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 Wait, f- moving back from Prague? Um, well, I've been in Prague. Uh, I moved back in 2008 from Prague. Oh, you've been back a while. Yeah, okay. yeah. I was in Nashville for a few years. That's okay. that's the last place that I was, and that's where like I had to dig myself. I dug myself into a very deep, dark depression, and then I had to dig myself out of it. Yeah. What was the what was not necessarily what was the bottom, but what got you out of the bottom? What was the moment, or was um, there one? I don't know. That's a hard one to to say. Yeah. Uh, it was just a series of events. You know, like I mean. I was at the bottom and I didn't realize it and and then I, you know, quit smoking and then I really fell off because like that had been sort of my antidepressant for a long time. Oh wow. And I didn't realize it, you yeah. know, and then once that was gone and I was just like naked to the world with no, you know, no cigarettes, then my anxiety came flooding back and I had all those, you know, receptors in my brain that were used to, you know, sucking up that nicotine, they didn't know what to do. And so then I was just like, you know, my brain chemistry took a long time to, you know, work itself out and return back to normal. And then even when it turned back to normal, you know, like I still had the anxiety that I was self-medicating for with cigarettes and, you know, alcohol and whatever. But then the alcohol turned on me Mm. and I couldn't drink anymore. You know, like, because I was, like, too full of anxiety that I just started having episodes. Like, I mean, I, you know, I ended up, like, crying in the back of taxis, and I ended up, like, you know, having, like, (laughs) you know, bad, bad moments, you know, like, where I ended up driving. I never drive drunk, or I don't even, you know, I would have maybe one beer maximum and drive for almost all of my life. And then, you know, like, I would, like, you know get wasted and have something happen and like jump in my van and cross state lines. Wow. You know, like wake up on the side of the road, you know, like, you know, because I was having these episodes, you know, and that was when I was like, okay, well I've got to stop drinking too. Right. So, you know, it's like these incremental steps. So like, you know, there wasn't really a moment, you know, so much as there was a series of moments that like just made me make a new realization that something else was like, needing to get called yeah you know like and i just slowly but surely called all of my vices and that like you know and i didn't get rid of all of them until a couple years ago really wow you know like till i finally was like okay you know like i don't do any of this stuff anymore yeah you know like i'm just a human trying to be a better human right and none of this shit that's holding me down is going to hold me down and the last my last thing that's holding me down is just like my my anxiety and my victim complex and you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and my depression and I know it's never going to go away fully, but I'm going to keep working on it. You, and you, that's awesome, yeah. man. That's all you can do, right? Yeah, I know. You just got to keep working on it and, and keep creating your art, keep yep. making your records and keep doing what you're doing. I mean, there's nothing else you can do. Just yeah, I know one that's foot right. in front of the other. And yeah, man, I know you got to go soon, but I, what is your process? Like, like if you sit down to write, like, are you writing every day? Are you writing when the muse strikes? Oh, um, it depends. I don't write every day. Uh, I write when the muse strikes, and then I write when I have to. Mm. Um, so if I know that I've got, you know, if I'm working on something, you know, like I wrote the last few songs for Immortal Americans, like 
in the last, you know, couple of months before wow. the record came out. Wow. You know, like I just, I was, I was just still working yeah. and I just kept, you know, coming out, you know, but I didn't write, I think Shadow and Marie, I've, you know, I didn't put the finishing touches on that till the very, the song's incredible, like the man. end, you know, yeah. like that was, I think the last song that I, you know, finally finished up. Wow. And, and I, but I've been, I had that one in my mind and wanted it, you know, like to be a thing. And, and once I really set my mind to it, it came out, but then I was still playing with some of the chords and, you know, playing with, you know, some of the harmonies and stuff like that. Some of the melody lines, I mean, and, yeah. um, and then, you know, happy came at the, towards the very end as well. You yeah. Know, like it came like in the last month before. Wow. Uh, yeah. What was the impetus for Shadow and Marie? Well, you know, like my partner um, had cancer oh. um, and she, I actually discovered the lump in her breast um, very early on in our yeah. relationship. And so um, I, uh, she, you know, I was on the road and we, you know, weren't serious at all, you know, and, yeah. uh, you know, she found out that she did in fact have cancer after I found the tumor um and that it was in fact you know uh malignant and so um the first year of our relationship was basically her cancer and she was very ill and you know even past you know like after it was over after her you know bilateral mastectomy and after chemo was over you know like her body's changed and she's just like constantly asking me like am i still beautiful to oh. you and i just like i knew that words weren't enough. I could tell her over and over again, but like they just weren't enough. And so I needed to write, uh, I needed to tell her in song because that's really like the only way that I can convey those emotions. Like I'm the, you know, I, I, it's not that I'm a terrible speaker and it's not that I'm, you know, like, uh, uh unable to express myself to my friends and my, my loved ones and stuff. But like really, when I have time to sit down and write a song is when I can really, you know, convey that. And I knew that like the only way I was going to be able to prove to her, you know, like once and for all, how beautiful she was to me still like was to write that song, you know? So, yeah. I don't know how you follow that with a question. <laughs> well, I think we actually might be out of time. Oh, you were out of time. So <laughs> yeah. It's the perfect one to yeah. end it on. Yeah. Austin, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for that record. Yeah, thank you no for problem. sharing it with us. No it's, problem. It's so beautiful, and I love it, and I will keep spreading the, spreading the word for sure. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right, man. I'm looking forward to your set. Thanks, man. <laughs> I hear the blues 
don't see memories Not the way that we might see the light y'all what a thrill oh my goodness so cool he in, in, went on to play this incredible burner of a set and then chuck reagan got up on stage with him at sing out loud festival and they together have this incredible synergy christina wagner got up on stage our friend from jacksonville who's also an incredible songwriter and a beautiful singer who you've heard me mention on this show before. It was a magical day, and I'm so thankful for Austin's time, and I'm so thankful for the record that he put out this year. I, I've, said it, I've said it before, but seriously, but that, but between that and Hawks and Doves from A White Hotel, those to me are the two best records of the year thus far, um, and there's been it's been a special year. I mean, it's been a great year for music, and still, I think those two records stand out. So if you haven't already, go check out Immortal Americans by Austin Lucas. You can find it anywhere you buy music. Um, and I also recommend, and I don't know the situation that he mentioned during the show about the physical copies, but if you can find the, a copy of the vinyl, if those are still available, I highly recommend that if you're a vinyl collector, you get that. It's physically a beautiful copy of the album as well. So Austin Lucas, Immortal Americans, get it wherever you can get music. Such a good record, and I'm so grateful for Austin's time and, and candor. I mean, to open up that much in 20 minutes, uh, just, just amazing. And I'm so thankful that he spent some time with us, and I'm so thankful to all of you for listening. What I'm getting down on, y'all, um, just a really focused kind of time in my life where I've been reading Bruce Springsteen's autobiography for since I talked to Souther Vaden, so a little uh, around a month now, and um, it's a it's a pretty big book, but I, I'm spending my time on it because of the way that he tells a story. I'm really trying to kind of dissect the way that he goes about storytelling. And the cool thing about this experience for a fan of his music is that the the book is organized chronologically by album, and so I'll read a chapter. And that chapter takes me a day, day and a half, and he's talking about one of his albums. Well, during that day, day and a half, that's what I've been consuming. And it is so cool to dive back into to the boss's catalog, especially because I don't think I'd fully processed how many songs of his have been covered by other people, especially country artists. So, uh, for example, there's a song on uh, Tunnel of Love, which is an excellent Bruce Springsteen record. And uh, it's called Tougher Than the Rest. I got to know that song in the 90s because of Chris Ledoux. So Chris Ledoux covered that song, and that's kind of how I got into that particular song. And I don't know that I don't know that I processed that connection. I'd heard his version, Springsteen's uh, Tunnel of Love version, and then I'd heard the Chris Ledoux version, and I was crazy about that Chris Ledoux version too. But I don't think I, I really made the connection until the other day when I was reading that chapter. So it's a really fun experience for me musically to just get totally lost in one artist in the way that I have in the past with someone like Jason Isbell or Austin Lucas or uh, Casey Anderson, for example, where I just can't stop listening to that record. This is the, the man's whole discography, which is really, really fun. 
Uh, and also, the book is worth your time. It's it's a, a really good story, and he's an excellent writer, as you might expect from somebody who wrote so many great songs. Also saw, uh, Darren finally saw Darren Aronofsky's film Mother, which came out, I think, in 2017. Um, really uh, divisive kind of film. A lot of people loved it. A lot of people hated it. Not very many people in the middle. I am one who loved it. Uh, we watched it, Chris and I did, a couple days before Halloween, looking for something spooky. Um, all of my anxieties just came to light in this film. So uh, make sure you're in a good place if you're going to watch it, but I highly recommend it. I love Aaron, Darren Aronofsky. Uh, Aronofsky is kind of, you know, one of he probably is my favorite filmmaker. He's certainly up there, uh, starting with Pie, you know, and then Requiem for a Dream and on and on and on with all the great films that he's made. So I highly recommend Mother uh, to check that out. And then the podcast I'm getting down on right now is Carruth. It's the story of Ray Carruth, the former Carolina Panthers wide receiver uh, who was convicted of conspiracy to commit murder, uh, the murder of his girlfriend who was pregnant with their child at the time. It's a fascinating story. It casts a little bit of doubt on his role in the whole experience. Um, it is, uh, it, it's made by uh, a reporter who's followed this story uh, for the Charlotte Observer for, well, since it happened in the, in the late 90s. So um, he's got a wealth of knowledge and experience, and he tells a, a, a really compelling tale um, so that's the, the podcast that I've kind of really been deep into right now. Like I said, really focused. I mean, not, not, I haven't had my hand in a lot of things. I've just been really diving deep on, on certain things that I'm passionate about, which has been a good feeling. Y'all, thank you so much for your support. Our Patreon is really, really uh, ramping up. Huge shout out to Jen Ross, my great friend, who I love so dearly, who is now a Patreon patron. Um, and I'm going to hold you to that, Jen. You said more collabs to come. She's my favorite photographer in the world, and uh, I am so fortunate to have gotten to work with her many times. If you are a Patreon patron, then you've heard that story. If you aren't, please go on over to Patreon and check it out. I'm going to release a uh, Patreon only, uh, for now at least. I'm going to get some feedback from our Patreon patrons on what they think about it and what I should do with it. Conversation with Greg Hughes, uh, who records under the name Bobby's Or. I also have been listening to him, so I've been getting down on Bobby's Orr, and I recommend that you check him out too. Dear sweet guy, just a sweetheart. And uh, I got to ch catch up with him at Little Indies and watch him play with Chris's art on the walls. It was such a cool experience. My partner in life, Chris, has an art show that's running uh, for a few more days now at Little Indies, and uh, I got to see this musician who is fantastic, who is also a fan of the show, which I'm so grateful for, playing music while my, my best friend in the world's art is up on the walls. It was a, a special, special experience for me, and I'm really grateful to, uh, to Chris and to Greg. Um, check him out. I'm going to release that episode to our Patreon patrons and then see where it goes. You know, Maybe it'll be a website release. Maybe it'll be a, a feature episode. Just going to kind of make sure that I'm taking care of my people uh, who are so supportive and, and I'm so grateful for everything that they do. Uh, also got an episode of Jason's Journey that was just released recently and another one coming out pretty soon for our Patreon patrons. Follow us on Twitter, uh, at Marinade uh, Podcast, Marinade underscore podcast on Instagram where you can also see some of our short stories. Um, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Marinade Podcast, marinadepodcast.com. Send me an email. Marinatepodcast at gmail.com. I mean, 
however you can access it. And the biggest thing, y'all, if you can just give us a rating, wherever you consume podcasts, we're on every major podcast outlet. And if we're not on the one that you want, let me know and I'll make it happen as soon as possible. But if you give us a rating, it makes a big difference. It's it's free for you and it's a huge thing for us. So give us that five-star rating if you feel that strongly about us. If you don't feel that strongly about us, I still appreciate you listening. Don't worry about rating us. I love y'all. I'm so grateful for you. Look out for episode 22 coming up pretty soon with Chuck Reagan. What an amazing conversation that was. What an amazing conversation this one with Austin Lucas was. Thank you. Cheers, y'all. My mother says the devil is the only one who ever gained a thing by telling folks the truth. And my father says the devil and my mother are the only ones who'll be there always and forever. of a man he sounds